At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome back into the mix, folks. It is time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bad Rivers. It's good to be back, folks. We had a long week off. I was overseas, went to London, went to Amsterdam, went to Tralee in Ireland to my buddy's family farm. Beautiful country, beautiful all around, amazing experience. Pretty much up until I got to Dublin where my alma mater, big shocker, big, big shocker, who would have thunk it, uh, they disappointed me, they embarrassed me, they frustrated me, they wanted to make me not ever be affiliated with the University of Nebraska again, but nothing's new, right? You know, I should be used to it at this point. Although you thought they would have their chances because this was the year for them, and they had an 11-point lead, and uh, look, I'll get into it, don't worry, I will bitch and moan about it, complain, scream, shake my face, all of those things, we'll save it. Till the second part of this episode. So uh, if you don't want to hear it, I get it, skip it. If you like to hear me yell and, you know, sulk in my sadness and complain about Nebraska, which I'm sure is very enjoyable to a lot of people, make sure you tune in to the second part of this episode. But yeah, it's good to be back, right? I missed a lot. I know we had some good Bears looks. Justin Fields looking awesome in the final preseason game. The Cubbies are competitive, right? That's all you can ask for right now. And the Sox, arguably just, if not more, disappointing than the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So that's where we're at with a lot of Chicago efforts right now. Uh, Not too much has changed, I guess, except I just thought I'd leave. I'd come back and the Sox would at least be able to maintain some success. But that really has not been the case whatsoever. So that's where we are. 
And before we get into everything really quick, just wanted to throw an announcement out there in case you've missed it, in case you do listen to this frequently, you listen to me, you've listened to me on Rush Hour, whatever it may be. Uh, If you haven't seen, VEASAN has launched their new fall schedule and a lot of things have changed and it'll be great. It's a fantastic lineup, a lot of amazing content and it'll really get you set for football season. Uh, It's a little bit of a bummer though, unfortunately, my show Rush Hour will no longer be in its normal slot. The show will no longer be existing out of the Bet River Sportsbook, so um, I'll still be doing plenty of stuff with VEASAN on the weekends, getting you ready for college football, NFL. We're still getting the city cast going here. Still got Bet on Chicago, which is on WLS, 890 AMs on Saturday nights. And yeah, you'll catch me all around in the usual spots. But make sure you check out the new schedule. Uh, again, you know, it, it was an absolute pleasure. It was a dream come true to come back here in Chicago and start up the first ever sports betting talk show out of a casino at Bet Rivers. So big shout out to the whole crew there for making me feel like a part of the family. And again, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but definitely grateful and feeling very blessed that I even got that opportunity in the first place. So to anybody who ever came down, said what's up, tuned into the show, you know, made fun of me looking like a fool on TV, which of course is completely okay. <laughs> big shout out to all of you. Very, very much appreciated to everybody at VEASAN for the opportunity, Bet Rivers. And then, of course, to all the listeners, viewers out there, even if you gave me a millisecond of your time, I am completely grateful for that to the utmost extent. And hopefully you're able to enjoy the show. Hopefully I was able to get you some winners at some point, some good knowledge, some good guests. And if I was on a cold streak, which of course happened many a times, uh, hopefully you're able to fade me and be profitable in that extent. But yeah, loved every second of it. And really just want to give a big thanks to everybody for giving me the opportunity and giving me the time of day to just share my thoughts on the thing I love doing, which is watching sports, talking about sports, and then tying that all into betting on sports and hopefully winning with some of our favorite teams here in the Chicagoland area. So again, uh, bittersweet, but happy I got to do it. Happy you came along for the ride and couldn't be more thankful for everybody who was a part of that experience. Now, in terms of how things are going to be conducted, again, make sure you check out the new schedule. I mean, there's plenty of new things being added with a lot to get excited about, but meaning like in terms of Danny's Dimes, because on Rush Hour, I would release my official Danny's Dimes and they would be having, or I would include more plays than I would here on the CityCast because a lot of times I would handicap further throughout the day. I would handicap other games that were outside of the Chicagoland area. So if I really do like a bet... If I end up wanting to play something, what I'm probably going to end up doing is just talking about it here on the CityCast. Or if I don't, make sure you subscribe to VEASAN in the first place because you get a log of all the best bets from not only myself, but all of VEASAN's crew and the guests that we have on. So I'm still going to keep track of my records. We're still going to have the same that we've had. I'm not changing anything, not starting over, right? We're still going to continue to prosper on with the foundation that we've built. So Uh, Yeah, like I said, I'll I'll try to talk about it here, even if it's a little bit outside of Chicago. If not, I'll put it on the Best Bets log page, and then otherwise you can hear it on all the other shows that I'll be involved with. So a lot to still be excited about, build on, look forward to all those good things. Because by the way, uh, we do have an updated record, Major League Baseball, 62-53-2 is where we're at. Only got involved in the three preseason games. We end up 2-1 in that regard. Overall, since I began here in Chicago, 
with rush hour. The total record, 646, 525, and 18. So 646, 525, and 18 is our total record up until the end of rush hour. I'm going to keep it going. We're going to keep moving on with it, but just wanted to give an update because I know a lot of people need to be held accountable. A lot of viewers, listeners want people to be held accountable. So we're going to have absolute transparency here. And that's where I'm at with all of our records from the start being here in Chicago and up to this point right now. So just wanted to give some clarity on everything. But again, very excited for what VEASAN's got dialed up this fall. And not only are we excited because of the new schedule and what we've got rocking, we're excited here in Chicago, baby. We've got an undefeated team. Chicago Bears. Come on, baby. How are you not pumped for this? Well, it's because it's preseason. That's why you're not pumped for this. But hey, small celebrations at a time. You take your winners while you can, especially as a Bears fan, right? I know it's preseason, but it's always good to gain some momentum with a new coaching staff, a young team, a quarterback who a lot of people still have some questions on. But that quarterback, man, he went off this past game. Again, I get it. It's preseason, but there's still some things you can be happy about, you can be excited about, and take away from his performance and the Bears overall. I mean, even if this team is and realistically is going to happen. They're going to end up with more losses and wins, and there's going to be a lot of disappointments. The difference is already pretty apparent in the sense that how this offense is going to be called. It just looks a lot more easygoing, a lot more flowing. There's more rhythm to it. It's just competent, which was the big difference I kept mentioning. Everybody keeps mentioning with this new Bears coaching staff. You just got to imagine it's not going to be as frustrating as hair pulling out, wanting to punch a hole in the wall looking type of offense that you had with the previous coaching staff. Getze clearly knows how to build around Justin Fields with an offense. It's preseason. I get it. I keep saying it because I know when I'm saying it out loud, it seems kind of funky to think that with preseason, but it still matters, especially in the third and final preseason game to where you're getting a lot more reps with your starters. So the Bears do go 3-0. and the only team in the NFC to go 3-0 this preseason. They beat Kansas City 19-14, or 19-14, pardon me. They won at Seattle 27-11. And then on Saturday, they won at Cleveland 21-20. And in that game, Justin Fields went 14-16 of 16 for 156 passing yards. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, two carries for 11 yards. Good effort, right? Not going to complain about that. I will be content with that as a Bears fan. He looked good. He looked more comfortable. The protection, yeah, it's probably still going to be an issue, but that's where Getze comes into play, and how do you get more creative scheming around that? Well, also good thing that Justin Fields is incredibly mobile. He's got to stay healthy. you got to give him enough time, and you got to hope these receivers can help him out enough. I still stand by what I've said. Are the Bears going to be a very successful team this year? No, they're not going to be. But what will they do? They will be more competitive in these games. They will give you a reason to wake up and be excited knowing that, hey, the Bears probably won't win, but they'll at least make it close. They'll at least be fighting till the end, and you will see those steps being taken going forward knowing they have the largest cap space next year, and that's the year hopefully they can get you excited for the playoffs and capitalize on everything coming together. Super Bowl that year? No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's not what the expectation is, but the expectation is stepping stone year this year, gradually improve. 
And I think they have the team and coaches to do that this year to put them on the right path. So we're happy with what we saw in preseason. We're excited to get things kicked off at home against the 49ers. And honestly, I still stand by the fact that, hey, if you're giving me seven or more points with this Bears team, I'd have to lean that way as opposed to the 49ers. We still got some time till we get there. We got to keep an eye on the injured list and see what the Bears are throwing out there and see how we're feeling about the 49ers in those similar situations by game time and just where this line is moving. So a lot still can happen until that point. But look, you're pretty happy with what you saw with the Bears this preseason. By the way, week one game, San Francisco still laying six in the hook at Bet Rivers. The juice is toward the spread on the 49ers at minus 121. So realistically, wouldn't be shocked to see this thing get to seven. And if it gets there, yeah, I mean, I'm liking the Bears. I'm sure the 49ers will be a very popular teaser spot. But I, uh, yeah, I'll wait to see how I'm feeling if this number gets to seven. San Francisco minus 315 on the money line. Chicago's plus 245. Totals at 41 and a half, by the way. Jeez. Not going to be the uh, most electric game, we're thinking. But I'm looking forward to it, and you should be too. Okay, some things you're probably not looking forward to. White Sox baseball. Holy cow. I go away for a week, and they get worse and worse. I, I just, again, I, I thought they would at least be able to maintain some kind of consistency or success to at least keep it within a three-game radius. They're five games back now. And it's not only that they're five games back. Again, I didn't watch any of these games, but just looking back and seeing everything. How the hell do you get swept at home by the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that's been eliminated for who knows how long before game one even started, you knew they weren't making the postseason. You are in the most important stretch of the season and you get an easy team at home and you can't even win one game. What are we doing? What are no, not what are we doing? What are the White Sox doing? How have you not woken up? Rick on Tony LaRusa bone headed organization absolute joke i am so thankful actually and who who would have thought that i'd be saying this i am thankful right now to be a cubs fan over a Sox fan for this season i'm not saying like overall yeah i'm glad i'm a cubs fan regardless and i realize all the frustrations that come along with it but i'd still choose the cubs a million times out of a million times over the white Sox. but like if you had someone come up to you before the season and you're like, okay, you could choose. You could be a Sox fan or a Cubs fan. You would have said probably Sox fan because of all the hopes and expectations if you had a blank slate to go into it. But as of this point, man, I would rather be in the position of a Cubs fan. There's no pressure right now. This team actually is winning some decent decent spot. Like They're winning against competitive teams. They're looking good offensively. You know that it's still up in the air with the organization and what they'll do in the offseason, but at least the pressure's not there, and the bar was not set that high. So you're not ripping your hair out watching this Cubs team knowing what could have been. They're actually kind of doing a little bit better than we thought they would at this point, right? As for the White Sox, they're looking like worse than the Cubs did during their five-year window. Like the last two years with the core guys they had, the Sox are just as frustrating, if not more. The Sox have a way easier division. You got a lot of talent on that team. And it's just getting spoiled by your front office hiring a manager that should not be working any job in his life right now. 
and a guy who clearly doesn't know what he's doing. He's falling asleep on the bench, and he just can't relate to these guys. It is a complete circus. It's pathetic is what it is. You had your chance to can Tony Larusa, and they were never going to do it. And it's just like you're spitting in the face of your fans. Man, that's tough. And I do feel for White Sox fans. And as a kid, I never would have. I would be laughing my butt off because I hated the White Sox more than any other team growing up. Because growing up around White Sox fans, they would give me so much crap as a Cubs fan, especially around 2005. So I had that hatred for them. But then I grew to at least like them to the extent of, wow, Tim Anderson's an electric player. You know, Jimenez, Robert Abreu. This is a fun team, Mankata. Like, I wouldn't root for them, but I'd be like, yeah, they're enjoyable to watch. And along with having a bet on them to win the Central, I'm like, it would be cool to see them live up to their talent that they have possessed on this team. But it just it just has not happened at all. And wow, wow, you got to just feel for the fans at this point. You keep getting their hopes up for a second, and then they disappoint. That's Chicago sports, ladies and gentlemen. The White Sox are five games back. There are 34 games remaining. The Twins are two games back. The Guardians are at the top of the AL Central with a 67-59 and 59 record. The Twins sit at 65-61. and 61. The White Sox at 63-65. and 65. Fangraphs now has the White Sox chance to make the playoffs at 13.3%. Wow. Remember before I left, the White Sox, I think, had the, still the highest chance to make the postseason. I mean, it flip-flops ridiculously. It's incredibly volatile, but still, I they're not making the playoffs. They're not. You're five games back. I don't care if there were 304 games remaining. Like, I'm not putting any stock in this team anymore. The Twins, by the way, have a 38% chance to make it. The Guardians at 66.2% chance. And I know I talked about hedging and wanting to do that. I personally didn't end up doing it. It was the smart decision to do it regardless, and I hope you did, but... You know, I, I stuck it out like a bozo, but the Guardians now minus 177 at Bet Rivers to win the AL Central. The Twins are 3-1, to one, and then you get the White Sox at 5-1. to one. They're not coming back, folks. And yeah, I'll, I'll play the pessimistic card and say that to hopefully get them on a, on a little streak here, but how, how do you just lose three games versus Arizona? You don't even deserve to be in a discussion for it if that's what's going to happen. Don't waste your time and energy on the White Sox anymore, folks. They have an off day today. They got three upcoming games versus Kansas City and then three versus the Twins. And yes, of course, they could have success in both of these series and we could be having a completely different conversation next week. The best you can hope for is that they make it close and then you can get that possible hedge betting on a team like the Guardians. And unless you think the Twins can come through, 3-1, to one, not too shabby, two games back. Maybe you just flip over to Minnesota. I don't know what I'll do at this point, but I'm going to stand pat because I'm going to wait to see what happens with the Twins most importantly, and then, of course, how the Guardians end up doing. But if the Twins keep staying on their heels, I mean, at least taking a little bit of value is not a bad idea. Again, we'll get there when we get there, but not going to touch anything with the AL Central. But wow, the White Sox. Making you pull your damn hair out. That's Chicago baseball, baby. All right, more Chicago baseball to look forward to, I guess. Uh, the Cubs have a three-game series at Toronto beginning tonight. Toronto opened up minus 238. The Cubbies as a $2 underdog. Total opened at 9. Some spots had it as high as 9.5. 
Uh, the Blue Jays, I was going to say the Angels, the Blue Jays, though, they just got swept by the Angels. And the Cubs are coming off a series where they lost two out of three at Milwaukee. The Cubbies are actually 14-13 and 13 in the month of August. And they're going to be looking for their first winning month since going 19-8 and eight in May of last season. Now, since it's in Canada, you have the COVID protocol still. Justin Steele, Adrian Sampson, they are on the restricted list for the three-game series since they do not meet the vaccine requirements. They can't enter the country. Steele was going to pitch on Wednesday, but of course now he's not. Cubby's bringing up Brendan Little, left-hander, and then Jeremiah Strada, right-hander. They'll probably be the replacements to some capacity. But that's what it's looking like roster-wise for the Cubbies going up to the Great White North. Tonight, they're throwing out a unknown commodity, so to speak. Javier Assad, the righty, went against St. Louis for his first career start, went four innings, allowed just four hits, no earned runs, and three strikeouts. The Cubs won that game 2-0. You got faith in him? Well, even though he had a good performance in that regard, his whip is at two flat, walks and hits per innings pitched. You're like, what the hell? How does that add up? Well, he was walking a lot of guys. His FIP, even though it's a one-game, four-inning sample size, I still want to just throw it out there. His FIP is at 463, and his skill interactive ERA is at 666. So yeah, even though he blanked them, I don't think that's going to be the case against the Blue Jays. Considering the Blue Jays are going to be ticked off, they just got swept at home against the lowly Angels, and this Blue Jays offense at home, on paper up until this entire point in the season, have been crushing righties at their home ballpark. With a 762 OPS, a 332 weighted on base average, and then a weighted runs created plus of 118, which is second highest in Major League Baseball. So I could see you wanting to back the Blue Jays here. At the same time, their starting pitcher isn't putting much confidence into this game, or into wanting to back Toronto for this game. Jose Barrios, he's 9-5 with a 528 ERA. His whip is 135. He's got a high FIP of 484. He's got a high home run to fly ball ratio of 16.3%. He has a manageable Sierra of 393. The good news is he does pitch better at home. The numbers are still bad, don't get me wrong, but compared to how atrocious they are on the road, maybe it gives you a little bit of hope. So at home, he has an ERA of 410 a WOBA of 316, and then his FIP drops to 415 at home compared to 554 on the road. So naturally, nobody's really faced him that much on the Cubbies being in the American League for Barrios. Uh, Fran Mil Reyes does have some experience against him and some successful experience. 7-14 to 14 against Barrios. Seven hits, two RBIs, and just two strikeouts. So maybe if you want to go with a hitting prop, Fran Mil Reyes, if he's in the lineup, he could be your guy. But the Cubbies, righties on the road, nothing to write home about. It seems like a great spot for Toronto. But like we said, I mean, they were a minus, what, 238 favorite at the opener? Yeah, you could always go with the run line. But the Blue Jays' bullpen has been susceptible to giving up some leads. But can they at least manage some success against the Cubbies' offense? Well, by the way, right now, the updated lines, Toronto is up to minus 245 at Bet Rivers. The Cubbies are plus 210. The total remains at 9, the over's minus 115, and the under is minus 104. Toronto on the run line, if you think they win by 2 or more, minus 122 are the odds. For the Cubbies, catching a run in the hook, plus 102 is the price you are getting. 
I would only look to bet Toronto on the run line. The other way I would look to bet this game, and I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but if I were to get involved or end up getting involved, this is what I would do, would be that or the total runs by the Blue Jays. But the thing about the total runs by the Blue Jays is that Bet Rivers, the number's at five and a half. Wow. Never really want to bet a number that high. Plus 102 to the over, the under's minus 118. Look, if you can find a four in the hook and you're laying like minus 125 to the over, maybe I would consider that, but that's still a lot here. Instead of that, at this point, I think the run line's got to be your top play. But you got to imagine the Blue Jays can get out in front against Assad, considering that his first outing uh, probably shouldn't have gone the way it did. Curious to see what the lead after the first five is. Blue Jays minus 175 to lead after the first five innings. That would probably be a strong bet as well, so then you don't have to sweat out the Blue Jays' bullpen as much. Not that you might have to, but, right, you know, just take a little bit of load off your shoulders, just in case. But nothing is probably worth betting in this spot unless it's going to be the Blue Jays on the run line based on all of these prices. So that's how I would look to handicap that game for the Cubbies tonight in the Great White North against the Toronto Blue Jays. Alrighty, folks, quick break here on the CityCast. Coming back, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. Nebraska, again, another loser in the opener. And it wasn't just that, it was a loser in Dublin. Your boy made the trip out there. It was still worth it regardless. Amazing time. It doesn't matter that the Huskers lost. It just kind of spoiled it a little bit. But you blew some leads. You're a double-digit favorite. And everything stinks about Nebraska football. But you already know that. We'll talk about it coming next here, folks. Be right back. Quick break. Then we'll talk a little bit of college football. Kickoff football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. So check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling, and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, let's get into it finally, folks. The moment you've all been either dreading or waiting for. Time for me to rant about the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We don't have a segment devoted to it, but we might as well because it happens every damn weekend they play. But oh my goodness. So as you know, I've talked about it plenty, but I was out last week. Had an amazing trip with some friends. We went to London, we went to Amsterdam, we visited my friend's family farm in Ireland. Absolutely gorgeous out there, right on the mountains leading up into the Bay of the Atlantic Ocean uh, up there in Tralee. And then we took the train to Dublin and had an outstanding time, right? It was amazing being in Dublin. We had uh, awesome seats. Check it out on my Twitter, at DannyBurke5 if you didn't see the video. But uh, friends, family hooked it up into the box, and it was just amazing hospitality. And it was it was so cool to see all the Nebraska fans taking over Dublin. I mean, there was a lot of Northwestern fans too. And look, maybe in hindsight, you can't fade a guy named Fitzgerald as your head coach when you're in Ireland, and he has the bar that just decked it out for him. Fitzsimmons turned into Fitzgerald's. But look, uh, Nebraska fans showed out. You knew they would. 
went to a bar and did a radio hit with my pals in Lincoln where it was just literally all red and love seeing the Nebraska nice. Everybody's happier there. You're getting smiles. You're getting waves. It just, the crowd was incredible. It, 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 of course, didn't feel like you were actually at Memorial Stadium, but it damn near did. Like, after Casey Thompson's first drive with a touchdown and just the incredible plays he made, Johnny Manziel-like, it sounded, from my perspective, it might as well have been Memorial Stadium with the excitement and how the stadium at Aviva was closed in. You really get the sound. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't as big, of course, but it, it felt like it. It was just such an insane environment, beautiful stadium. Everything was set up perfectly. You get out to a great start, first drive, a drive where it's like, who is this team? What is this quarterback? It's not what I'm used to. That looked like a team that knew what they were doing. Incredible throw and catch to get things started. All right, so be it. Uh, Northwestern, you know, puts on a field goal. You get another touchdown. Look, the highlights that happened were Nebraska got screwed on that fumble call. No ifs, ands, or uts, uh, buts about it. I mean, we didn't really get a good perspective, per se, in the stands, but I had people texting me, saw on Twitter that the knee was clearly down. So Nebraska does get shafted on that. They stop Northwestern on the nice, uh, on the next drive, and then Nebraska, I gets, guess he could say, gets bailed out on that pass interference on third down. Okay, makeup call. Well, there is also then another play, too, where Nebraska, clearly their guy had the pass interference against him, but they still got a touchdown off of it, and... I don't know. I mean, Northwestern ends up taking the lead. That's that's. I'm just kind of going over the notable things is the missed turnover fumble, which screwed Nebraska, but they still ended up having the lead and taking it over. And, you know, Northwestern, they had their moments. I mean, Nebraska's defense was Swiss cheese and a half. You knew they weren't going to be as good as last year, but you didn't think they'd be exposed that poorly. Eric Chenander was like the only OG coach of the original Scott Frost staff to remain. And yeah, they lost some guys, but they attacked the portal. And Northwestern, who's supposed to have one of the worst offenses, just exposed them. Fitzgerald said, no, 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 I'm your daddy. I'm going to show you how it's done here. Wow. They couldn't stop the run. The screen passes were dynamite. And Fitzgerald like ran it three times, several times as their only offense, yet they still scored 31 points against you. Literally, three runs in a row. Everybody I'm with Northwestern-wise was like, we didn't even deserve to win because that was terrible play calling. You knew what was coming, and you couldn't stop it. Oh my gosh, was that terrible, defensively. Like, the one fumble, yeah, it was a huge run. You got lucky you got the fumble. But the biggest thing is, Scott Frost has the audacity to do an onside kick up 11. We are not playing Madden. What are you thinking? Like, if it works, yeah, cool legend, I guess you could say. But like, why are you doing that in week zero against a Big Ten opponent when you were a team last year that had the most incompetent special teams group of all time? Damn near. And you get comfortable and cocky and do an onside kick? That wasn't even like an onside. It was right to the guy. It was terrible. You're trusting a college kicker with that when you're up double-digit points with so much time left on the clock. And then inevitably they score a touchdown. And then you had another play where it was fourth and short where the offense, it's one of those situations, you know, like, you know it's a good decision to go for it. Say you're a Northwestern fan or a fan of any team. And when you get a team on like fourth and short and you're thinking, oh man, I really hope they punt. Like, let's go punt it, punt it because you're giving up and going away. And you have that feeling if they go for it, they're going to get it. That's how you know the right decision to do is go for it. And they were pretty close to midfield. 
And if they didn't get it, so be it. Trust your defense. Because apparently it did with the onside kick. And they don't go for it. Okay. Northwestern gets the ball. Northwestern has the ball deeper into their territory. On paper, what should be a worse offense. Trailing. Time's running out to the half. So if they give it up, huge momentum could be swung toward Nebraska if they don't get it. And Fitzgerald decides to go for it. And he gets it. And it leads to a touchdown before the half. He just alphaed the hell out of you there and showed you not to be a you-know-what, which Scott Frost clearly was. After that, they deserve to win, basically, with not going for it on the fourth and short, and then, of course, the onside kick. Like, are you trying to lose, Scott? This is it for him if he can't get it done. We knew that coming in, and he has the audacity to look like an absolute moron out there. It was just... It was one thing to lose, but to lose in that fashion is just beyond pathetic. After what happened last year, week zero, against Illinois and Brett Bielema's first year, disgusting. And all the other week one losses you've had or week zero, whatever the hell. I I mean, and, and after all those fans traveled and made it feel like a home game, and that's the show you deliver to them, after you're supposed to bring on a better coaching staff, better players, a better quarterback, Look, Casey Thompson, he looked awesome in the pocket. The offensive play calling from Whipple, yeah, I guess it could have been a little bit better because the offense definitely stalled in the second half. And Frost kind of threw Whipple under the bus a little bit. Buddy, throw yourself under the damn bus. But also, Casey Thompson had no help. He had some amazing plays out there that was like, this guy is awesome. And I am so excited as a Nebraska fan, yet I'm also incredibly sad and disappointed that they couldn't start the season off undefeated, undefeated, 1-0 in a game they clearly should have won. The receivers, that first drive even dropped a wide open pass right to the chest. Two interceptions that were tipped off receivers' hands. He's got no help whatsoever out there. Like, my goodness, that poor guy. He had an amazing game. I think he threw for over 350 passing yards and... You know, he ran one in, he threw a touchdown, and then unfortunately the two interceptions, which, yeah, will show up on the box score, but that should not be to that should not be credited to him, right? That's not his fault. It's a receiver's fault. They could not hold on to the ball. He was throwing dimes out there. He's got a cannon, and he was mobile enough. I mean, that one play where he scrambled, ran backwards, and threw it, you're like, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. It's like, what is happening? Nebraska doesn't get that type of thing, and they did. And they had an amazing run for a touchdown. And just so many incredible plays. And yet, you st- I just can't fathom it. That's why I just have to vent about it. Like, how does that happen? Because your defense stunk and your coach is a moron. And he should be canned. Yes. I am of the thinking that he should be. You're starting off a game in Dublin with the fans traveling like that. With the opportunities you had. Double-digit lead. Twice, right? And you lose it because you're not aggressive. And then when you are aggressive, it's by doing an onside kick up 11. What are we talking about? Get this man off campus. He clearly doesn't want the job. He has expressed that by doing the dumbest things of all time. It just makes you pull your hair out. Beyond, I mean, like more than that. Just like the socks, but worse. Really. It's just same. I don't know why we get our hopes up. It's the same old thing each year. Uh, who's better than Frost? Who else are you going to get? Doesn't matter. Blank check. Get him. Frost ain't getting it done. If you can't beat Pat Fitzgerald against a Northwestern team that was projected to be the worst in the Big Ten, what in the hell are we doing? 
There's still so much season left. It's college. It's a little bit different that way. I get it. It's just like, I think they play North Dakota State next, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, don't get your hopes up for a win there. It's not going to be comfortable. Man. Shout out to Northwestern, though. So the group we went with, uh, my friend's grandma, 90 years old, made the trip out there. Absolutely incredible. Got a picture with Pat Fitzgerald, Air Lingus. You know, they put her on Facebook. She was incredibly happy. And so, you know, we were content at least in the sense of, hey, if we're going to lose, at least she made the trip out there. She graduated in 1953 from Northwestern. So at least that kind of made it worth it. It was a full circle trip ending for her and, and all of their family. And it, I was like, if we lose, at least we're going to lose to that. So that kind of helped and just wanted to give a shout out to her and uh, everybody who was rooting for Northwestern who also made the trip. Good for you. Good for Northwestern winning that game. They don't give up. It switches every year with Frost and Fitzgerald. And look, they were double-digit underdogs and they hung in there. They did not give up or falter when they were down double digits. That's the strength and tenacity that Pat Fitzgerald installed. And that's something that Nebraska clearly does not possess. So you got to tip your cap to them, and you can absolutely be livid at Scott Frost. I mean, he's setting historical records of losing these one-score games and just making boneheaded decisions. I could keep going on, but you get the gist. I just, what are you doing, Scott? Onside kick? How? It's it's a joke. It has to be a prank. It has to be right. Ugh. I mean, maybe if they pick it up against Oklahoma, you know, maybe we have a different conversation. I don't know. I'm done talking about it. There it is, folks. You get an 11-minute rant on it. Sorry, but had to do it. Ugh, so bad. But again, I, I just want to stress, still was an awesome time. Beautiful stadium. Still loved it. Just Nebraska, you know, a little bit of a red stain there. A little bit of a red stain. A big game to look forward to this weekend, which we'll get into more as we get deeper into this week. So the big one to look forward to, Ohio State and Notre Dame. This one opened up with Ohio State as a 13.5-point favorite at Bet Rivers. It's up to 17 now. The Buckeyes getting steamed with a whole lot of love. Ohio State up to minus 17. Minus 770 on the money line. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, plus 525. And the total's at 58, a little bit to the over, minus 114. So that's really the huge one to look forward to. And uh, Illinois starting off with a win. So shout out to Illinois, by the way. They start out their season undefeated like they did last year, something Nebraska can't do. Michigan's got Colorado State. Michigan's a 30.5-point favorite this Saturday. Uh, Michigan State, 21.5-point favorites at home against Western Michigan. Minnesota laying 36 at home versus New Mexico State. Purdue and Penn State, that's a good one, too. This one will uh, be on Thursday. Penn State, a four-point road favorite. Interesting. Thursday nights. We'll see how that one moves along. Then otherwise, uh, Maryland, 23.5-point favorites against Buffalo at home. Looking for some other Big Ten matchups. Just scrolling through the Bet Rivers log right now. Wisconsin laying only 11 in the hook against Washington State. Jeez. Well, hey, I'm telling you, not that high in Wisconsin. You'd think it would be more. Iowa, Iowa State, the Hawkeyes laying six in the hook. We're not the highest on the Hawkeyes this year, but they should be able to beat Iowa State, I would imagine. And they don't have that Nebraska game set up yet, but for the Oklahoma game, Oklahoma now a four-and-a-half-point favorite after what we saw week one. So that's what you get. Otherwise, a lot of the other lines, either, of course, you can't bet in-state or they haven't been posted yet. So 
Should be a good week of college football. We're happy it's back. We're happy it's back. We're just not happy that we're Nebraska fans. And I say we as myself and uh, the alumni base. Uh, Illinois, Indiana, by the way, looks like IU, meaning Indiana. They are a three-point favorite at home for that game on Friday. And who else? Rutgers, seven-point favorites. Or, excuse me, Rutgers catching seven on the road against Boston College. Nebraska, North Dakota, that's who it is. North Dakota, I forgot. I knew it was one of the Dakotas, but um, no number out for that game yet. And yeah, that's what we got dialed up for the Big Ten thus far. Just doing quick numbers. We'll get a lot more into it tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week. But that's how it's shaping up for a full slate of college football action. Can't wait, baby. Should be fun. As long as I'm not watching Nebraska. And then we got the National Football League to get excited about the week after, and that's when the real fun starts. And that's when we'll get into all the props, all the different types of bets, and that's uh, that's really where we're looking to make our cake this year, folks. But still, we'll be talking plenty of college football, especially in the Big Ten. Don't worry. Should be a fun season. We're hoping for it. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this Monday edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Thank you again for tuning in. Hopefully you're able to find some winners tonight, and if I end up playing more or doing anything different, again, make sure you check out vsin.com for the vsin Best Bets log page. That's where everything will be inserted from this point on. So until tomorrow, folks, enjoy everything you're watching. Enjoy the rest of your night. Best of luck with those wagers, and take care.